0: Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Well, good morning again, church. So glad you're here. I'd like for you to turn with your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, and I'm going to begin reading in 2 Timothy, verse 5, in chapter 1. We're going to talk about Timothy's life and where his strong faith emanated. Let's stand together as we read from God's Word. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul is speaking. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this beautiful day, and God bless us this morning, and may we hear a word from you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. Also, you can write this scripture down as well, Judges chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Listen to this. It's kind of hard to believe, but it actually happened, and could it be happening again? And also all that generation that were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their father, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods. Of the gods of the people that were around about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord in anger. It's kind of hard to believe that all the miracles that the children of Israel had experienced, that just in one generation they forgot God. The sincerity in which we commit ourselves to training this generation is really the key that will secure the future for our children and our grandchildren. It is difficult to fathom that in just one generation, people absolutely forgot God. Let me ask you a question that's sobering. Could that happen again? A little boy got on a school bus, and uh, he was uh, traveling with all of his friends, and he remembered that the pastor told everyone who was in the revival... That they actually needed to invite other people to the revival. And so he looked around, and all of his friends were seated next to him, and he spoke. He said, Would you please go to church with me tonight? We're having a revival. Now, he may mispronounce what was actually going on, but actually, there's a lot of truth and need in that statement. Don't you believe in our generation and in our homes that we need a re-Bible? I think it would do us all good to listen to that little boy. First of all, I want to talk to you about this morning, a mother's faith is grounded in conviction. And speaking about the faith of Timothy, notice where that faith was grounded. In grandmother, mother, and son. Three generations expressing saving faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in God was taught at home. Now the most important copy when you're going to make copies is the original. And so it is that if we're going to have those of our children to emulate us, we have to be a good copy. Moms, I'm going to challenge you and families, I'm challenging us this morning to make sure that we are the kind of example that our children not only should follow, but really desires to follow. It's so important. Listen to this. The Bible tells us in several places, in Genesis, and then it tells us again in the Gospels, Matthew 19, Ephesians. It tells us that for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they too shall be one. Wherefore there are no more uh, two but one. And then Jesus added this in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And what therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. When you really stop and think about that, It is so terribly important that we take that seriously because we need to understand that we are the proving board, the sounding board, the foundation of family, moms and dads. Uh, We have the responsibility and the blessed privilege to bring up our children in the way they should go. Now, the Bible tells us that for this cause shall they leave. Unfortunately, in this generation, a lot of them are coming back. But at the same time, we still have the responsibility that when they leave us, they are prepared to stand on a solid foundation and build a home of their own that will glorify God. That is a sobering challenge from the Word of God. So make sure that your environment in the home is founded on the principles of the Word of God, You may need, like most of us do, a re-Bible, but we need to be teaching our children, not just in word only, but in every way we act, so that when they leave us, they are standing on a firm foundation of the Word of God and the witness that we have instilled in their life. Uh, The wonderful thing is, is that that is a real possibility. A mother's faith grounded in, in conviction. We have to really make sure that we stand fast. Now, we have a lot of challenges, don't we? There's a lot of challenges in our society today. In my age, as uh, television came along, that was our greatest challenge. Because if you can remember, uh, our generation, uh, we, had, we just played. We were the playing generation. We didn't come in until the streetlights came on. You know, we were outside playing, doing something. Sometimes something wasn't always good, but we were out there, all right? But now we have so many interesting things and dynamics happening in our homes that we really need to monitor and take seriously. Television can still be a real problem. Incidentally, uh, how old were you when you had your first television? Just think about that. Uh, Now the average home has more than one television. We have televisions in the den. We have televisions in the kitchen. We have, maybe that's the reason sometimes that food do not go exactly right. We have uh, televisions also in the bedroom. You know, my daddy used to say when uh, my mother asked him one time about a television for the bedroom, I can remember him saying this Oh, the bedroom ain't place for a television. That's a place to go to sleep, not to watch TV. You know, but this thing. How many televisions do you have in your home? I was in the eighth grade before I ever really had a television in our home. And then it wasn't much to talk about. Also, today we have a challenge with our children, particularly with our iPhone. Uh, All the phones that get on the Internet. It's just amazing, isn't it? Uh, Most of the time, uh, when you see a group of children together, young people, they're on their phone. And it's not just limited to children now, also adults. I saw a commercial on television the other day, and uh, a family was sitting around the table, and one at the other end of the table was typing, Mom, pass the biscuits. Yeah. It's, it's almost that bad. We're going to have to really pay attention to what's happening with iPhones and games and television, etc. Computers. Uh, Man, I came from a generation that all of these were just kind of foreign. The first telephone we had was a three party line. Our phone rang three times. And we picked it up. And then all of the other people on the line were so nosy, they picked it up too. And we'd say, Put the phone down. And you'd hear a click. And there's a you too click. You know. But you have to really be careful today, moms, dads. You have to really be careful what your children are looking at and what they're involved in. I have a good friend who's a senior adult pastor at the church, and he has a rule. He has a big basket in the foyer coming into his home. And when his children come over for uh, any kind of meeting or meal, they have to drop their iPads and their iPhones uh, in the basket. He says, we're going to have a fellowship as a family, and we're not going to be looking at our iPhones or messing with our iPads. We do have a real, real challenge. I was reading the other day where there was a sixth grader, super, super smart sixth grader, who had somehow tapped into the government computer system in such a way that was alarming, and he downloaded the information from the Defense Department to all the people that were on his little group. And there came a knock at the door, and they opened the door, and it was the FBI. So listen, when your children are in their room and the door closed, you better really pay attention. They may be in there making an atom bomb. You know, it's just amazing how our children are so pulled by all these different voices in our society today. There's another thing that we need to be concerned about, too, is parents, moms, activities activities, uh, we get so involved in everything until we sometimes fail to get involved with the things that really mean the most. We, we, we get involved with this and that and this and that. What happened to getting involved with family? Getting involved, listen, I, I, I'm not perfect. Close, but really not perfect. Okay. Uh, but when I raise my children, I, I like to do a lot of things. I like to go camping. Do you like to go camping? Oh, yes, they used to just laugh at me trying to build a fire. And finally, i just give up and go get the matches. You know? But we had the most fun doing all the things that we did. It's so much fun to do things with your children and, and, and just be family. Some, one time, I, was, I used to ride motorcycles everywhere I went. I flew airplanes. My mama said I caused her so much pain. I said, why? She said, I don't know too many mothers that pray for their sons. She said, I pray for you. and said, you're riding a motorcycle, and you ride your motorcycle to the airport. And get in your airplane. She said, it's just making me pray overtime." I said, keep it up. It's working. You know. But we need to remember to do family things. When my daughter married, my oldest daughter, uh, married a boy from Alabama, it was, it, was, it was hard for old dad, I'll tell you. I did the wedding, and I did the wedding for my youngest daughter, but it was kind of tough. But I can remember uh, as they went on their honeymoon, and then later as they took camping trips, they still camp. Uh, they were up camping yesterday. At the lake. They still camp, have fun like we did as they grew up. Anyway, she liked to fish and fly fish, and they were up in the mountains in a trout stream and uh, had uh, backpacks, you know, that float where you could go down this, and uh, casting the fly rod. And my son-in-law took a picture of my daughter, sent it to me on my phone. He said, thanks, Papa. He said, I never dreamed I'd have a woman that would stand in a cold stream and fly fish with me. You know, Uh, listen, uh, moms, it's so important to put an emphasis back on family. Do the things that you can do best, Rally your family. Take initiative. You have to take more initiative now, perhaps, than you should, but do it anyway. Take the initiative to call your children and make sure that family is important. Church is important. Amen? Listen, we had a revival once at Selvia, First Baptist, when I was there. It's hard to believe, and I can bring you the statistics and give it to you, but we had 596 people make professions of faith in three days had 190 rededications and seven commitments to full-time christian service and i know where all seven of those people are today as a matter of fact will height was one of the young boys who was in my pastor's partner's ministry i watched him grow up i was his pastor during those formidable years in his life and i can tell you this that uh, it is so important to go to church as a matter of fact The school next door the high school, South Gwinnett, the football coach, and all the people were practicing on Wednesday night. So it just killed our RA program. It killed our youth on Wednesday nights. But here's what happened. During that revival, about 75% of those football players made a profession of faith, and they were baptized. And they went to the coach and said, We're going to cut it off at this time on Wednesday. We're going to church. And the coach put his foot down and said, you do that, you're off the team. He said, coach, just think about this. If we're off the team, you won't have one. And so they put their foot down. And so for a long time, people came back to church on Wednesday nights. We had a program. You know why? Because people put an emphasis once again back on church and back on family. We're getting way away from what needs to happen in our society. We need a revival. We really do. Another thing, our mobility. Man, we, when I grew up, only two people had a car when I went to high school. Both of them were named Jimmy. Jimmy Pugh, his daddy owned a sawmill. And he had a great car. Jimmy Knight, my dear friend, he had a car held together by bailing wire. You know, Lord Avet and I came to school one day on a tractor because we had to go to work and sc- have, uh, have the tractor worked on, so we just drove it to school. Uh, look, you go, have you been by a schoolyard lately? Huh? Over that First Baptist Delville, they actually rent their whole uh, parking lots over there to the high school students. They drive off the parking lot, it just blows my mind. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, I wish I'd have had a car back then, but I didn't, you know. But right now, everything is so mobile. Families are just absolutely pulled in all kinds of directions. Dr. Dobson said this, if you've got more than one computer in your home, you need to uh, bring them down and put one where you can monitor it. You know, if you've got more than one television, just phase them out and put one in the family room. Now, you know, I'm not saying that we need to be that radical because I'm just telling you, I'm frustrated with the way our nation is going when it comes to fracturing families. Families are just not important anymore in this society, and they tell you that now you could have a family with this group, the family with that. No, I like the nuclear family, don't you? I like the way God did it. We need a re-Bible. Bob, you can help us do that. Uh, Listen, do you know what society is teaching our children today, Mom? They're teaching our children today that man uh, came from the apes. You know, they're just absolutely talking about uh, they, they don't even like anything to do with God and creation. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I got a first cousin that's kind of close to a gorilla. Yeah. But you know that's not the truth. And then uh, also, faith in God, their teaching is harmful. Right and wrong depends on the situation, not any kind of gnomic or abiding truths. It's just situational. The right to have an abortion, the right to suicide, has now become a civil liberty. It is absolutely a society that needs the direction of a mother. It needs the direction of a home. It's also, they're teaching our children that it's all right to cross gender. You know, if you want to be a boy and you're a girl, no problem. Just go to a liberal uh, doctor and they'll give you the hormones. We're living in a strange time, amen? I mean, it's just mind-boggling. And so we need to get back to the Re-Bible. We need to get back to the Word of God. We need to get back to doing things that honor God. We need to get back to building a foundation that is spiritual and scriptural so that when our children leave our home, they are absolutely standing on a solid foundation. How important is it for moms and and the home to be dedicated to the Word of God. It is so important. Without women like Eunice and Lois, and like you, where would we be today? I thank God for a godly mother. You are raising the next generation to absolutely be consistent witnesses for the kingdom of God. That's an awesome responsibility. But the Lord God Himself will hold your hand and will guide your heart. It is so important for us to once again refocus on the things of God. Secondly, a mother's faith is the foundation for the future. Notice the quality of faith taught to Timothy. It was unhypocritical faith. In the old King James translation, I like that word they use there, unfeigned faith. That faith means that it was tried, it was popped, but it still was solid, no matter what happened, they kept the faith. They were consistent. they were not hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is? A hypocrite is a mask wearer that 's where the word comes from. a mask wearer in that period of history where they had a play they couldn 't get a lot of players, so they just made masks. hypocrites they just made a man. You could be with this person on this side of the stage. And you, change mask and be this person on the other side of the stage. But the Bible says that's not what we're supposed to be or do. We do not send mixed messages. Mom, it is so important that in the home, and as you raise your children and grandmothers, that we're the same in private as we are in public. And when we are consistent like that, God blesses us. that reminds me of a little boy who was listening to a conversation at home. And uh, the mother was bringing him into the church. The door was opened by one of the church leaders. And the little boy looked up as he saw the church leader and said to his mom, said, Mom, isn't that the one we were talking about last night at supper that don't even know anything about education? Listen, let me tell you something. Your children are going to repeat what you say and how you act. You just don't know when they're going to do it. And so, it is so important for us to live a life that's filled with consistency. Now, we all make mistakes. We do. Have you ever had to tell your children, I'm sorry? Uh, I've told mine, I'm sorry. uh, Many times through the years. But, oh, God, help us to be consistent in the way we raise our children. Help us to be the same privately as we are publicly. It is so terribly important for their well-being and for their lives and for them to leave and build a foundation upon which their children are to follow. One writer said it best, we had better pay attention to the future because that's where we're going to spend the rest of our life. So it is so important for us to make sure that we have stability in our family, stability in our home that we put emphasis back where it ought to be, on family, on church, on doing things that bring honor and glory to God. You know, it is so important, isn't it? It is so important. Did you have chores for your children when they grew up? Did you? Man, when I grew up, a lot of times on a farm. And Let, let me tell you, I, I told somebody this morning that uh, what this society needs to do is take every 11th and 12th grader in all of our schools and put them on a dairy for a whole summer. It'd their whole life. Give them a real good work ethic. You know, get them up in the morning and see what it's like. Uh, it's tough, but I'll tell you what, it's rewarding, isn't it? We really need to get back to the very basics of family. And moms, you can do that. Grandmothers, you can do that. It is so vitally important. Every mom needs love. Amen? Every mom needs love. Love and honor your mom because nobody loves you like your mother. And I'm going to tell you something else I want you to listen to me. No matter what you do, your mama going to find out. You're just not going to get away with it. You're just not going to get away with it. One time in the... uh, Ninth grade, I skipped school, and I went to a a place where teenagers hang out with my friend who also skipped school, and we went into the very back booth in this drugstore. We took our lunch money and bought us a, a banana split. And on the other side of where we were sitting, we didn't know this, but well, my next-door neighbor was over there getting something out of the pharmacy, and she just happened to see us sitting back there, and she could overhear us talking and laughing. And she just got her stuff, went home, knocked on my mother's door, and said, you know Ronnie's at the drugstore? And she said, say what? No, he's at Scoop. No, he's at the drugstore with Lloyd Avant," And you know what? We were sitting there, man, I was just... Oh, have you ever had a, an old-timey banana split? There's just nothing like it on this earth, you know. And I was doing just like, whew, And I looked over at Bub, and he was just staring at me. And I go, hey, what's wrong with you, man? This is good, he said. I looked up, there was there was my mama. She reached down and grabbed me by the collar, stood me up. She said, boy... What do you think you're doing? I said, trying to eat a banana split. <laughs> she grabbed Bubba, took us out to the car and threw us in it, took us back to school. You know, I will never forget. That was one of the most embarrassing, humiliating days of my life. And I, it took forever for me to find out how my mama found out uh, how I was in that drugstore. She found out. I'm just going to tell you, God puts people everywhere to catch you. You better not do things that you know are not right because your mama will find out. Amen? Amen. Listen, it's been said that an angel was sent down from heaven. And the angel was dispatched to find the most beautiful thing on earth. And so the angel came back to heaven and said, I think I've found it. What is the most beautiful thing on earth? The angel reported, flowers in the springtime. There's just nothing like the beauty as they unfurl and the fragrance they release. Ah, another angel came back and said, No, I think I have found the most beautiful thing on earth. And they said, What is it? He said, It is the breath and the smell and the smile Of a newborn baby. That's the most beautiful thing on earth. The third angel said no. The flowers will fade. And the baby will soon grow up and frown. But the most beautiful thing on earth. That will last forever. Is a mother's love. And that's the truth. It really is. There's just nothing. Like a mother's love like a prayer from the mother, a touch from the mother, a call from the mother, a direction from the mother. There's just nothing in this world like it. And there never will be. As I said in the prayer, even Jesus, when he was on the cross, paying the penalty of sin for all of us, he looked down, and there stood his earthly mother. And he told the disciple, Behold your mother. And the disciple took Mary and looked after her. From the cross, Jesus said, there's, I'm so involved with family things still, and there's just nothing like my mama. If you're here this morning and uh, you've accepted Christ as your Savior, but you've never followed him in believer's baptism, would you come forward this morning and say, I want to follow Christ I want to be baptized. I know him personally. If you're here this morning and you've been visiting for quite some time and you'd like to be a part of this church fellowship, I think that would be appropriate for you to come and say, I'd like to be a part of Oxford Baptist Church family. It'd be so wonderful. And if you're here this morning and uh, you just need to pray, we'll pray with you. There's, There's just something about touching each other in prayer. And also, let me say this to you. If your mother is alive and they're not here or living with you, please somehow today contact them if it's possible. It would be so meaningful and so important. This morning early, I contacted family on my list. I told my daughters, Happy Mother's Day. They have given me uh, two boys and a girl. I'm so blessed amen and then i'm sitting this morning with the most beautiful mother she had three boys and uh you there's just no way no words the poets have tried to say it but i think jesus said it best behold your mother let's stand together and sing we pray god will use this message for his glory in your life If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.